Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We really appreciate you tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. They're the leader in silhouettes right now. They're ahead of the game. They're killing it on every front. Social media, products that they're putting out, they're killing it. You cannot beat the stake system that Dive Bomb has. You cannot beat the realism. You cannot beat the way they pack up. They're killing it. That's all I can say. Divebombindustries.com. Go there. Get the decoys that you need for this season. The season is closer than you think. Go to Divebombindustries.com right now and load that shopping cart up. They've got new pintails out. they got floaters coming out at the end of the summer, so be looking for that. Divebombindustries.com, the way to go. You don't need a bunch of full bodies anymore. Science is out. Silhouettes work. They work great. Divebombindustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Bismuth is back in style. Just look at uh, all the companies that are putting out bismuth now. Everybody's putting out bismuth because it works. One shot, stone cold dead, BossShotShells.com. Only takes one. The science is there. That's another cool thing that Brandon's doing. He's putting, he's putting the, the science, when you buy a case of shotgun shells from Boss, he's putting the numbers in with it to show you the efficiency of bismuth. It's the way to go. They're copper plating their BBs now, holding a tighter pattern, more pellets on target, the way to go. BossShotShells.com. We love them. We're also brought to you by 737, boys in Oklahoma, making duck calls, kill ducks all over the United States, direct to consumer, no middleman, 737 duck calls, changing the game. The old number one, it's what Jeff blows. If it's good enough for me, it's good enough for anybody. By God. Go to 737duckcalls.com and get what you need. They've got goose calls too. Don't let the name fool you. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. If you're a field duck hunter, you need spinners, and you need a lot of them. Lucky Duck has got you covered. LuckyDuck.com for all of your spinning wing decoy needs. And uh, dog crates. They've got dog crates now, too. Yep. Uh, they, they look like they're a freaking tank. So LuckyDuck.com, they're more than just a, a motion more than just a motion decoy. They're, they're getting into everything now. So uh, got pigeon, pigeon uh, spinners out for... For dove season, that should work great. So look no further. If you've got a need for a spinning wing decoy, go to LuckyDuck.com. They'll hook you up. Also, we're brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. There's no need to be fumbling around in the dark anymore. Sea Light LEDs lights up the sky. Early morning spread setups. You see what you're doing. You don't have to wait for the sun to come up to see where you screwed the pooch. Move decoys around. Flip a switch and you got lights everywhere. Put them on your boat if you're a, a, a bow fisherman. Go to sealightleds.com. Hook yourself up. Treat yourself, people. We're also brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas wine. Texas premium wine. Chris is uh, he's living the dream, making wine. He's, uh, he's selling wine all over the United States. Good wine, too. Not that box crap that you can get, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a premium wine. This is for somebody that you take seriously in a relationship, like a wife or a... Steady girlfriend. <laughs> Go to one of those uh, good supermarkets, H-E-B, you know, something where people don't wear pajamas to, to shop in. <laughs> Get you a, a nice Merlot. 
go with that uh, steak that you probably cook past medium rare going to serve to your wife or your significant other williamchriswines.com they'll even ship it to you and this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics also a US made Athlon Optics is a proud US sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you the consumer Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Been around too long, probably. Not the kind of place you go to with pajamas looking trashy either. No, we're, we're respectable by God. <laughs> 25 years in business, still going strong. I guess you're just as hungry as you were the first day. I don't know. Yes, I am. Looks up. We got some good specials coming on. We got uh, dove season is right here, Jeff. Yep, got, it is right here. Got some pheasant dove combos for weekdays in October. Look us up. You can do a morning pheasant hunt. Afternoon, come in the afternoon, do an afternoon dove hunt, spend the night, dinner, morning pheasant hunt, and with breakfast. You might give us a holler at 940-658-3172 or looks up at stanfieldhunting.com. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined by John Motter. He's a public land hunter out of Reno, Nevada, but he's also got a clothing line, a hunting clothing line. Uh, he's going he's gonna to specialize in flannels and solid colors, so... This was an interesting podcast because he's trying to break into the clothing industry, the hunting clothing industry. So we kind of talk a little bit about that. We talk about Nevada public land hunting, and uh, we appreciate him coming on. So anyway, here he is. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. And it's a hot son of a bitch here at the Big Honker Pot Lodge today. We should turn the air conditioner on about three days ago. <laughs> this is the hottest I've ever felt it in this room. It's hot. It's hot. Is it 100 outside, or does it just feel so fucking hot? Texas time. Texas summertime, baby. Well, it is that. And I saw a deal on Noah yesterday. It said... Triple digits are here to stay. We're going to have 30 days of this. Well, yeah, it's called July and August. It's pretty fucking normal. Yeah. Okay, on the line with us today, we have John Motor. Is it Motor, John? Is that how you, how you pronounce your last name for me, John? Make sure I get it right. Motor. M-O-T-T-E-R. Motor. Motor. M-O-T-T-E-R. And you are in Reno, Nevada, right? Yep. And I bet it's not fucking 100 degrees there. It is 100 degrees. <laughs> no shit? Yep. It's in the desert, Jeff. No, it's up in the mountains. Yeah, still. You're in the mountains, aren't you? Uh, a little bit of both. There's mountains around me, but it's in the desert. Uh, God damn it, Andy's right. That's the second time you've been right in two years, Andy. 
How much rainfall do you guys get a year? Um, rainfall, we usually get about four to six inches of rainfall, but the last couple of years we've had like 20 feet of snow up in the mountains, so our water's been up a lot higher. So y'all get four to six inches of rain. That's total for the year. Yeah, right I, about there. I that, couldn't that fucking sucks. do it. I could not fucking do it. I would... I'd have to move or shoot my shoot my fucking brains out. Now you get thirty miles from you though, and it rains and snows a lot, right? Yeah, um, so um, about twenty miles from me um, is Mount Rose. That's where all the ski resorts are up in the mountains, right there. And the uh, the weather up there is uh, way different than it is down here. They'll get like, twenty feet of snow up there um, at the very top some years, and then that's what fills up all of our lakes and our rivers and stuff. How, what's the elevation up there? Um, Rima is forty five hundred. Um, up at the top of the mountains, it's eight thousand, nine thousand. Why the fuck would anybody choose to live in the desert when you could live up there then? Because up there is from the Californians. I, I understand that then, but still, <laughs> God Almighty, fuck! If it, it's too damn hot. I, I'm my fat and old. I'd much rather be where it's nice and cool than hot. Yeah, it gets up at the top of the mountains. It usually gets up into the the eighties. You usually don't see many nineties up there. Usually mid eighties uh, as a high. I've never been to Reno, Lake Tahoe. How far is Lake Tahoe from you? Um, Lake Tahoe, about uh, it's about sixty miles, about forty five minutes because the roads. But depends on which way you go. From here straight up, or you can go through Truckee or out through Carson. So there's a couple of ways to get up there. Now. Truckee is where the cannibals were, right? The Donner Pass. That's up at Truckee, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Don. Yeah, the Donner Party and all that. Yes. Yeah, it went right up, right up through there. Okay, we've had enough geography lesson. Do you have any questions, Andy? Because you always get confused by all this. No, you're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, tell me about do you do you do any waterfowl hunting on Lake Tahoe? Um, no, we don't. I don't. Uh, I don't hunt Tahoe at all. I, I fish up there a couple of times a year, but that's about it. Does 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 can anybody? You, yeah, can you hunt Tahoe? Not that I know of. I know there's some people that hunt um, some areas around it that have like uh, agriculture, and they'll try to hunt. Um, they'll try to hunt that or golf courses where the golf course is closed. I've seen. I've heard of people hunting there. I don't know how legal it is, but that's where the house on the Godfather is, isn't it? What was that? The the have you ever seen the movie The Godfather? Yeah, the house, the it's, the lake house is there on Tahoe, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, There's, they've had a couple of movies up there. I know they just got done. There was one that just came out that was about um, Shoreline. There's a hotel that's fifty fifty, and that movie just came out. So, but there's a there's a couple of houses up there that have been in movies. Yeah, I was thinking the the house from The Godfather's in there. Badass movie. So where do you do your waterfowl hunting up in the mountains then? Are you hunting on the lakes? You, you field hunting, I'm assuming, then a lot. Um, no, I hunt. So there's a couple of uh, state wildlife refuges around and then a wildlife re- uh, national one. And so um, we hunt those. Um, the Truckee, one of the main river that runs out, goes through the runs through the valleys and We'll hunt that here and there because you usually floods and make some ponds alongside of it. So, or we go out into Gardnerville where they do a lot of a lot of farming and see if we can't find someone to let us hunt their land. Now, what kind of spread are y'all putting out? Um, it depends on what we're doing. If we're hunting um, on one of the lakes, we'll scout it a couple of times and see 
the numbers of birds and usually put out um, about three quarters of what we're seeing just because we don't get crazy populations of birds. We get we have a lot on some of the refuges, but um, usually about a dozen, maybe maybe two dozen, depends on what we're doing. What kind of ducks are you seeing? Um, last year we saw lots of mallards. We saw um, blue and green winged teal. Um, we shot a canvas back. Um, I know if you, I, in the state, I know there's some that, um, see cinnamon teal and stuff like that in the early season cause it's so hot, but, um, around here we see a lot of, a lot of mallards and teal. So what, what's the system on this refuge? Is it first come first serve or is it a lottery? Do they sign you where you it's, go? How's it work? It's all first come first serve and you don't have to be a, you don't have to be the nicest person to be there because even if you are a first there, there's no rules on how close people can hunt to you. So if you're on the spot that somebody else wants, they most likely will set up about 50 yards away from you. So a lot of assholes. And then it just sucks for then it just sucks for both of you. Hmm. Yeah, that, that I mean that. I don't know why you would do that as a as a hunter. I mean, you're just you're you're fucking yourself and you're fucking the person right next to you. Yeah, I've had. Last season, an opening day, I had people set up 50 yards from me, and mm. they shot into our spread a bunch of times, and the, they were shooting ducks that were cupping into us, and it was just one of those, didn't want to do it very much after that, so now I now I look for places that people don't like to go to, or it's a little bit harder to get to, How do you try how, to eliminate the people. How do you keep from telling somebody not to fuck off? I'd have a hard time. Just, just we common do. decency. It's, I mean, we do. Um, we get we get some arguments with some people here and there, but it usually doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. They just like, well, we're going to stay here, and it it happens. I, I don't understand how we've come to a place where you can't point out someone's being a dumb fuck, and they don't say, "Oh, sorry, I move," or "Can we hunt together?" I just, I that amazes me. The does that not amaze you, Andy? Yeah. Just because there, there's nothing that's good that's going to come out of it. So no. why even waste your time out there? Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I'd say. You know, but buddy, we're fucking both pissing in the wind here. We were first. When they started setting up, I'd say something. I just I just don't understand where we've come to a place that, that people are that fucking stupid that are hunting. I guess that's it. Yeah, it's. Um, I think the closest I've ever had, ever, ever had anybody set up next to me was um, they were about 30 yards behind me looking the other direction and we didn't nobody knew they were there because there was a big set of weeds between us and the next thing i know there's shots ringing out from right behind us and we're like what is going on here Mm -hmm. i bet that scared the shit out of you yeah it wasn't it wasn't i wasn't expecting it because we we heard we saw the ducks and they were circling and they went past us and they were coming around and all of a sudden we hear a bunch of shots go off (laughs) and then yeah, we shot a couple of times, and they walked around the bushes, and we're like, "Oh, you guys are here!" And we were we got there about three in the morning. Wow, you got and to the spot at three in the morning. Yeah, and that's now that's getting too late. I've seen people, I've I've seen people there at eleven p.m. the night before, wow. parked, sleeping in their car. They put their spread out. They go back to the car, trying to think that that's going to work for them. But you technically you're not supposed to set up till. The, that day and i think there's a couple of time limits on some of them you have to be after three and but it's all it's all gentlemen's rules so, so if you, how far do you live from this place 
Um, I'm 30 minutes from one. I'm an hour from the other, and an hour and a half from the third one. Wh- which one do you hunt? Which one has the better hunting? Um, the best hunting is at Stillwater. How far is that from you? That one's about an hour from Reno. So is that the one that you go to the most, or do you go to the 30 minute one? Um, last year we did. Um, we hunted the 30 minute one a lot just because we weren't seeing a ton of people um, later in the season. It was a lot of uh, early season. While it's warm, they didn't go out when it's cold. Uh-huh. And so once it starts getting cold, that, that one starts to die down. So we go to that one a lot um, late season just because there's um, a, a golf course over there that and there's a lot of geese that go in that valley. And we, I try to pull the geese over now when the you, best I can. When you say cold, how cold is cold for Reno, Nevada? Um, the coldest last year that I hunted was single digits. Wow. The coldest that I've seen people hunt up here is like in, down into like the negatives, like negative seven, eight. Wow, that's colder than I thought. Oh, it's cold. For yeah, you. it gets real cold up here. Huh. It's a, it's, a air, it's a dry cold, I bet. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot of humidity up here, so it's, it's that dry cold. Yeah. Okay, I want to get back to my other question I had. How the fuck do these guys sneak in on you and get that close to you and you not notice? Are y'all sleeping? No, it's just one of those, the... The way that the, that place works is there's a bunch of little islands, and there's a bunch of creeks and streams that go through it. And so we walked out and kind of came back because we were going to go to a different one. But when we were headed out there, there was people in front of us, and they kind of veered off to where we were going. So we kind of turned around and headed back, and then they went up a whole different way to get into it. And we were setting up decoys and walking in the water, and we just didn't, didn't hear them. It's amazing how quiet people could get in up there. So how many guys are normally in the in the group that you go in? Um, normally, uh, we have six. Okay. Um, but this year, we're going to split it up because we got some people that were taken out for their first time. So the group just is getting too big to try to make a blind real quick in the morning up, right. up in, like, the Thule's. So we're going to split it up. And we got a boat and a trailer this year for taking out more equipment if we need it. So... How far of a walk is it from the pickups? Um, depends on where you go. The longest I've ever done was a mile out, mm-hmm. and then we that was that was to a pond that we scouted. But when we scout, we just go up on the mountains, and I just take uh, my spotting scope and my binoculars, and I could watch the whole lake from if I go to the right spot. Right. So. So 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 you get your spot and scope and you just kind of focus on some somewhere that you've hunted before or how do you how do you do that? Um, I'll start with binoculars because I I get a little bit bigger view and then I'll kind of see where they're where the birds are flying and we we go out and we'll walk around um, when they open it because it's a since it's a reserve you can't go into it um, until middle of August right. And so we'll kind of say, all right, like, this is kind of where we see them flying at. Like, let's go out and do the, like, walk it and see kind of how deep it is. And the water levels always change. But when we get there, uh, we'll kind of see, all right, like, this is kind of the side that they were on. Because we see where they're going, but we don't see, and we see the numbers, but we don't see what side of, like, the ponds that they're on. And so we'll go do down and investigate the ponds and see. All right, this is the side they're going to, but we try to hunt ponds that are 30 yards across Mm -hmm. if we could get it. So we're not doing crazy big water because there is some that is pretty big. 
And how's the walking when it to get to these little ponds? Like, is, is there a road that that everybody walks on, or are you kind of fighting? No, the, walking the through the brush? water. Oh, walking through water. Oof. Yeah. A mile walking through water. Got. Fuck that. Got the waders on. Got Ooh. your decoys over your shoulder. Your gun over your shoulder. Your blind bag. You walk out, find an island that find an island that works for you, and set up. Ooh, no wonder you're only using a dozen or two dozen floaters. Yeah, this year, this year we got a bunch of dive bombs, and we're going to try to, so we don't have to take as many floaters out because the floaters are the heavy part. But yeah, um, we're going to try to go a little bit because the water is pretty shallow in some of the areas, and so we're just going to use the dive bombs and just take them in and take a couple of floaters for yeah. a little bit of movement. But you got the bags, right? Yep. Good. Um, Jesus, a mile, and and how deep is the water? Like knee deep. Or less than that. Um, on, 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 your walk, ever, on your walk. The deepest I've ever had to walk through was about four and a half feet. Oh, jeez. I don't know. It, Sometimes because when it, when it gets that deep, it's it's the bottom is when, a little bit harder. Yeah, it's easier to walk when they're up to your past your waist than it is that knee deep shit. It's just it seems like there's no bottom to the mud a lot. And I don't know how I don't know how your soil is there. I'm just speaking from what I've had to deal with. Like if it's knee deep usually it's mid-shin in mud, and that's when yeah, it gets I've tough. A, yeah, there's a, you know, as you get out a little deeper, the the mud thins out, so it's uh, so it's walking a little bit easier, but yeah. it's deeper. Right, right. But it's, it's, it's hard because you don't want to sweat early in the morning, and right. you have all your gear with you, and you're usually wearing your jacket, and yep. you're walking a mile through the water, and... <laughs> Yeah, and when it, it gets that deep, quick. when it gets that deep, you can uh, let your floaters kind of float behind you and just drag them along. So you're not taking the yeah, we drag them. Um, yeah, we drag them behind us, and then on the boat, we did we we put a bunch of handles so we could clip them on because we do uh like a lot of Texas weight or Texas rigs. Yep. So instead the carabiners, we just clip them onto the boat and just drag them behind the boat. And I'm assuming when we get to where I'm when a, we get to where we go, we just undo them and just let them kind of just drift on out. Yeah. I'm assuming all the guys hunting with you are thin guys, right? Um, <laughs> uh, no, we got a couple that are that are a little big. I think up in the three hundred ten pound range. Fuck! I can't believe they want to wear waders and walk that fucking far. <laughs> yeah, they they made the mistake of buying neoprenes when they first started, and they learned real quick that neoprene was the wrong way to go. I think I am anti neoprene for any circumstance. I I will only buy breathable now, because yeah, that's that's what I tell them. <laughs> you, it, it does not take. It doesn't matter how cold it is. It does not take a whole lot of movement, and you are sweating bad. And so I've just for the last probably let me think here. Let me think here. Eight years, I've only had breathable waders, and I just if it's going to be cold, I'll just layer up. And yeah, that's, see, that's I have. Um, I might be a little cold at first, but trust me. You get a sweat going. Yes, it, I wear. I just wear the banded breathables. Um, they branded breathables um, and the ba- a couple of base layers and right. just like a hoodie. And when I'm when I'm when we're setting up, when we're setting up, I take my hoodie off. So I'd rather be cold than sweating and then get freezing. So yeah. see, I went with the. Uh, I'll give him a plug. The the Rogers three in one breathable waders. So it's got a liner that you can put in if it's really cold. I went that route. Oh yeah, see, that's the route I went. I got a. I'm looking. At, I got to get some new ones. I think this year. I think I got a whole climb of the barbed wire fence last year. So that'll piss you right off. There, the you know, there's a rule. 
There's waiters that don't leak, and then there's waiters that are about to leak. There's only two kinds of waiters. That's, that's exactly right. It's like guys that jack off and guys who say they never have. But yeah, we um up here because there's we were walking one time and we were going in in the water. There was actually a barbed wire fence that was submerged. Oh, and so three of us walked into a, a barbed wire fence at four in the morning, and Fuck. that was a rude awakening. Didn't have a dog, I don't guess. No, we um we have some dogs, but we don't take them out because the type of there's so many variants of hunting up here that we do that. They don't they don't cross train as well, mm-hmm. and uh, so because we have during during uh, we have we go doves and then we go to um, rabbits and quail and then we go to duck season and we have my my buddies all like to stay out of the water mostly mm-hmm. and they like the quail and rabbit season so the dogs are more for the dry the dry desert than the water they're all short haired. Mm-hmm. And they just don't like it because it gets so cold up here. Your dogs are wearing um, the vest, the neoprene vest, to stay warm. And yeah, it's a mess. It, we had uh, we were hunting a pond one time, and Ron had his dog, and everybody knew that there was this, this electric fence, and we push it to the ground, but somehow it, it pops back up about the time the dog's going, and the dog is like like it pops up and it gets it right underneath like right where its tits and stuff are. So it's got basically got its two front legs over, but its two back legs have not gone over yet. And it's just like bouncing, and it's fucking popping that dog each time, and that dog could not turn loose of that wire. And then we've got Ron. He's cussing at this poor dog. He's kicking the dog, trying to get it off of the wire. And and then Ron gets shocked because it bounces up and pops him. And uh, for, for 5.30 in the morning, that's that's quite the entertainment. You're seeing sparks off this poor fucking dog, and its owner's trying to kick it off. Uh, God. I bet Dad was cussing with What a day. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, but th- th- you got to watch those fucking wires. Beca- and there's nothing that sucks worse than those that are submerged, like you said, and you walk right through it. Luckily, you didn't fall. That would have really yeah, pissed that's, you off. I, I, fell, I fell once um, two years ago. And we were going up a little, we thought it was a little creek, and there was a bunch of um, submerged plants, and I got my foot tangled up in them when I was walking, and it was all, it was windy. Oh. out there, there's always high wind warnings. It's usually blowing 45 plus, um, about 10 in the morning. So as you're packing up and walking in, and the waves are hitting us, and I was trying to, we were trying to cut up, and I fell in. Oof. I wasn't fun. There's nothing worse. And you can't be falling on, like, the way out or something. It's always, like, right at the beginning of the hunt. Poor, uh, we had a kid that worked for us last year, poor Gunner. <clears throat> First hunt of the year with us. And, you know, he's the new guy, and uh, so he's, obviously, he's packing everything in, and he's walking in the water, and, you know, we're trying to find, this this place we're hunting's got a lot of cuts and stuff, so we're trying to figure out where we're going to hunt, and um, we're all walking along, and then all of a sudden, Gunner disappears, and all we see is his blind bag floating and his hat floating. And then, like, Swamp Man, he comes up out of the water, fully submerged. Everything he's got is wet. And uh, luckily, it was just, it was early November, so it wasn't too cold. But still, you got to, you got to spend the rest of the morning. And what's bad is, like, he, we kind of gave him some shit, like, oh, are you going to go back to the truck? And he said no. Had he been a savvy vet, he'd have been like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going back to the truck. But being that he's young and trying to uh, 
impress everybody? He he stayed out there all morning long. Are you impressed with yeah, him? Yeah, I had a. No. Go ahead. I, just, I had a I had a friend that we took out, and he was he was debating if he wanted to start waterfowl hunting or not. And so we had a set of waders, and we were like, "Hey, there's some holes in them." So <laughs> we went to the store and got some Linex and some uh, Flex Seal, and tried to Flex Seal the boots up for him, so he didn't have to go buy a pair. And on the way out, he ripped a hole back in the boots and flooded his leg, and he. He was so cold, he lodged a shotgun up in the tree and was shivering the whole time. And oh, me and my sorry. brother were laughing so hard, we couldn't even shoot any ducks. And yeah. it was, I think that morning it was like 18 degrees. He, he launched his gun in the tree. Yeah, he just he just stuck it up just there between, it up. between a couple of limbs. And it held it for him, and he sat there and shivered the whole morning. <laughs> Fuck that. But he wouldn't go back to the truck. He wouldn't go back to the truck. He stuck it out the three hours we were out there um, that morning. Is he and still waterfowl hunting? He is. Last year he uh, was shooting. He has he has a semi-auto, and he broke the charging handle off, and it lost that in the water. Oh fuck! And so he's just he's just the one that the unlucky one in the group that all the bad shit happens to all the time. Yeah. Is he a dumb guy or just bad luck? Because like sometimes just bad luck. Yeah. That that guy I feel sorry for. Some guys are just dumbasses though, and they bring a lot of it on. But that's what we were talking like when Gunner took the swim. We were like, we got back in the truck after we gave him shit and peer pressured him into staying all morning and just shiver. We got back in the truck and uh, it was my buddy Fox and I in the truck, and then Zach and Gunner I think rode out rode out together. And as soon as we closed the doors, Fox was like, "What a fucking moron!" He's like, "Had that been me, I'd have just fucking pieced out and been like, I'll see you back at the truck." But what are you gonna do? You gotta have you gotta get yeah. a laugh at some people. So yeah, he. He he stood out there, but it was we got back and he's taking his waders off and he must have dumped a couple gallons of water out of the legs of him. Oh, poor fucker. And it was and he and it, and he was freezing and walking through and that was one of those days we were probably almost a mile from the truck and so he's walking back through the water with water in his waders and he was just dragging. You could just see like <laughs> just, he was he was done with that. He was. He's, you hear the squish with each step that he takes. I don't. Oh yeah, and it was. And he was. We were staying in the water, right. and then like as we as he slowly got shallower, you see like the pinholes. Yeah. <laughs> and he was shooting water out of the pinholes, and fuck. he looked like a fountain. Poor fucker. Did you guys? Uh, do y'all not take dry socks and shit with y'all? Um, we so um, sometimes we do. Um, usually, I have extra stuff in my blind bag. Just it's waterproof. I'll take. Usually, like a um, some extra shirts if people fall in, but and then we'll try to do some dry hunts where we don't have to walk in water. It's just the the best waterfowl hunting up here is usually in the water. Last year, I had to swim in the river, took my waders off. Fuck. So, what did you swim in the happens. river for? Um, there's some specks flying up the other side, and so me and my brother decided we were going to take them. So we shot them, and then decided that the river was too deep to try to go in with our waders. So yeah, just got down to. Got down to my Under Armour and went for a swim. Mm. Mm. How cold was it that day? Um, that morning, it was probably 32 degrees, and the water was probably, mm. uh, the dead of winter, it was probably in, in the 30s. There See, some of the ponds were frozen up. Was that fucker banded? Because that's about the only, I, fuck. Uh, it wasn't. That was, it was the first two that me and my brother have seen up here. Oh. Because we gone to Texas and shot them trophy, in the field. Trophy bird there. Yeah, so we went out and we we swam. I swam for him, and I got back in. And my, all my arms are all red, and I could hardly stand. So, mm. 
Jeez. But see, that's why when I used to hunt as a kid, we'd hunt water a lot. But Dad was always real good about having. We'd have a Ziploc bag or two because they didn't have. We didn't have dry bags or nothing. We had Ziplocs. It'd have socks, gloves, and usually would have like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. We'd have in there just in case. And boy, yeah. if you ever got wet, that somebody was a lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah, we usually like so. I'll, I'll usually take. I have um a couple of extra jackets. I'll take out or some sweatshirts, depending on how cold it is. And if if they need them, we'll get them. But for like for the my one friend, hit hit the waders were had holes in them. There was no point in changing. You who's just going to get wet again? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So so you you get the um no no I'm I'm going to back up a little bit. What's the hide situation on these places? Is there plenty of cover there, or are you building a blind basically every morning? Usually we're building a blind. We usually take um, a pair of tree cu- a limb cutters and then a pair of like hand cutters for um, trimming plants. And we'll usually cut into some areas, um, or we'll take uh, some, they sell some netting up here, um, and we'll try to build and kind of sit back into some that people have already made. Right. Um, and so sometimes it's not bad. Other times you're there and you the water drops from what you were thinking. And so where you're going to build a blind is 30 yards from the water and you have 30 yards of beach now. And so if that's if that's the case, we call up a friend that hasn't quite made it out yet and say, hey, go get the, uh, go get the, um, the, uh, the socks and the um, silhouettes and well, then we'll put them up on the beach and just do a couple of ducks out in the water, right. just to to make it. And then it goes, and then it goes into like a shore hunt, kind of trying to get them as they're coming in to coming into the water. Because across on one of them, there's actually a highway that runs really close to where you can hunt. You can hunt literally. There's a barbed wire fence. You can hunt on the other side of the barbed wire fence, and the highway's on the other side. Hmm. And so, and then on the other side of that, there's a bunch of agricultural fields. And so, and there's a golf course. So the geese kind of run that side, but they'll always come over um, in the wind. And so if it's windy, we'll usually go out a little bit later um, after they're, um, while they're feeding and try to set up. So when they're going back over, we try to pull them to an area and see how that works. But how does that normally work out for you? um, It depends on how many people are out there and at which like there's an island that kind of comes out that usually holds. That's where the geese usually go, and usually someone's there. And he'll set up at eight in the morning, seven in the morning, and he won't even plan on hunting till probably ten or eleven. And he'll just sit there and have just the decoy the whole island pretty much. Wow. And and so if that like it just depends on the the time of the day and where they're going. But um, out in like still water and stuff, there's uh, there's like some built-in kind of nutgrass uh, ponds that are pretty shallow, and you can go out there and if you just you just plant it that you're going to try to hunt them as they're going in to to feed, and that's that's not too bad. But it's just up here, it's it's different. I feel than everywhere else. Yeah, it sounds like it. What's your main agriculture field? What's your main crop? Um, usually it's um alfalfa up here. Lots of alfalfa fields. Um, you'll see some out in like Fallon, kind of out near Stillwater. Then they do, they have some other stuff. But I would say probably ninety percent of it's alfalfa. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so, so are you getting the big birds? Is that all that's there that time of year? God damn it! 
Um, you'll see some, um, see some lessers, but usually it's just the big, big birds. You'll always get like that occasional, like confused bastard that doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Do they, do you shoot a lot of bands? Um, no, not, not really up here. You'll see like, even like, um, in some of our, uh, the groups that I'm in that we kind of all talk about waterfowl, you'll only see like six or seven a year come out of, um, out of up here. Bands. Yeah. It's like, um, so Stillwater last year, they shot, I think, like 5,000 birds total out of. And then Mason Valley, had um, that's another wildlife refuge. They had uh, about 2,000, 2,500. And then um, Washoe Lake was 100. But not everybody reports their stuff, their, yeah. their kills. And you're supposed to report it. But So those numbers are give and take. But um, So like there's definitely, as you kind of go out towards like Stillwater, you get more that's more of the agriculture land and it holds a lot more ducks hmm. that sounds fun. so you'd have a if you were going if you were going to get a band you'd probably get it out that direction right but it just kind of depends i've seen this year just fishing around town i've seen a couple of geese with some bands on them so it's just usually they don't leave town they stay in town because they know they're not going to get shot yeah i figured they'd have uh a bunch of the big birds would be locals would be banded yeah, i figured too but yeah, we have um, we have a pond that I um, you can fish. Um, it's like two miles from me, and there's probably a hundred, two hundred geese on it right now, and they just stay there year round. They they will never leave it. Huh? And they just chill. There's no, enough food around no, them, I no guess. Pressure. They just eat grass. Yeah, it's um, it's all grass around the whole thing. Is all grass, and it was an old mining pit because I, I live in Sparks, and so there's old mining pit and it flooded in one of our floods and then they just made they filled it full of fish and make it a make it a place where people could walk around and it's the geese love it the ducks love it so there's no reason for them to leave there's all the grass that they could ever want yeah so are you using spinners on the water um we have a couple um we have we take um if early season because there's a lot of teal around we'll take out mojo doves Mm -hmm. and then we have a couple um of the mojo the wind-powered mojos that we'll take out just because where we hunt with those big wings sometimes the mojos don't do as well right and so we'll just do the wind-powered wings because it's always windy might as well not not blow out a motor but we try to we try to limit the amount of um mojos and stuff we take out just because we don't up here, our season is pretty much straight through, and early season is so hot that not a lot of birds are here. It's a lot of teal, and then late season it freezes up really quick. So there's there's about two to three weeks where it's really good hunting, and we don't want to have we don't want to throw everything we have. So usually the mojos will stay in the car unless sure. we really feel we need them. Sure. When what is your season dates? When does it start? When does it end? Um, up here, I think this upcoming year, it starts October 26th, okay. and I think it ends um, end of January. It's like January 31st, I believe. Their season's so basically the same ours as ours is. is. Yeah. yeah, about the same deal. So, John, let's let's talk about your close deal. Hold really. on, one more question, okay, and then we'll switch ahead. to the close. All right. when, when is peak time? When's the best time? Um, peak time is usually um, be, end of November, beginning of December. Because it's not so at the lake, the water hasn't froze up yet. As soon as the water freezes up, um, you got to go to some of the bigger, the bigger water, and 
then you're breaking ice, and then it's really no fun when you have to walk a mile. So you got about two or three weeks starting at the end of November, beginning of December. So by about Christmas, you've you've peaked in Nevada. Nevada, sorry. Yep. Yeah, it's it's about the end. Of, um, but then you get you could go out and you could do um, you get the goose the goose hunting and stuff picks up a little bit then. So for us, my brother loves shooting ducks. So I hunt with him in the early season when there's a lot of ducks. I love shooting geese. So then he hunts with me late season when we're chasing the geese around. Gotcha. Because even when the water's frozen, the geese will stay. Right. But the ducks they sh- they've shipped out. Yeah, they usually go. Um, they usually go down. Um, towards like Vegas and kind of wrap it down towards that area where it sort of stays a little bit warmer. Okay, Jeff, now you can go to the clothing. Okay, John, you have started a clothing company and you're going to go old school with the flannels and stuff, correct? Yes, sir. Why don't you tell us all about it? So we started um, a clothing company. It's called Finest Hunting. Um, we're kind of sticking with the old school look just because um, we're getting so many we're trying to get new hunters into it and you don't need, we don't feel you need the new crazy camo patterns to kill ducks. Um, we kill last year, we killed more ducks wearing, um, just standard beige and greens and stuff than we did the other years wearing camo. It just depends on how you hide. So, but we're trying to be the best price and the highest quality. And so you don't, don't, we don't need to come back year to year and buy the newest camo colors and, patterns to try to kill some ducks so what uh what what sparked this i mean you just you just noticed that whenever you had the latest camouflage on it wasn't wasn't working out so um so the way we start the, the reason this camera came up is in the last two years uh, me and my brother have had about 12 friends kind of pick up waterfowl hunting and it was really tough for them, like for us to say like, Hey, so you got to get some waders and then they go buy waders and all the waders come in max for blades. And then they're like, well, do I, and then they go buy the jacket. Well, they rip their jacket. Well, then that camo pattern goes and then they need, then they're like, well, I need new waders. So we're just sticking with the more of a neutral. So if you have your waders, you just wear a flannel and a, and a, and a whole color and you can go out and kill, kill birds. Yeah. I I'm I mean I'm full on board with you. I I do not think that uh <clears throat> full camo is necessary unless you're just I mean even you know there's a lot of times that we'll hunt in socks. <clears throat> excuse me. We'll hunt in the dive bomb socks and I just wear you know I got my bibs on that are camouflaged but I most of the time I've just got kind of a a solid jacket or flannel. I mean, you get your hide yeah, right. Gonna... You get your hide right. You don't move a lot, and neutral colors is what it's about. You're good. Yeah, we we're doing um like a like a like a kind of a desert tan. We're gonna do um like a dark brown, like a mud brown, and then we're gonna do some green. So they're kind of depending on where you hunt across the country. There, there'll be colors. There'll be like that base color that really works well there. So if you're in like the timber and it's dark, you can go with like kind of that mossy dark green, mm-hmm. and then kind of it'll it'll blend in. Plenty well enough for you to kill some ducks. So what and then gave up you here in the in... desert is go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say up here in the desert, it's we're we're so dry and the dirt's so light that that desert tan color really works really good up here. Yeah. So did you just see a hole in the market and you just figured, hey, let's get into the clothing business, or do you have some background uh, in clothing and stuff? So my grandpa 
um, he had, he's always done hats and, um, marketing and stuff like that. And so I was, I was up bitching one time up at his house, just saying like how expensive the camo was around here. Cause you don't, you only see the big companies at our stores. You see Sitka, Bandit and Drake and that stuff gets pretty pricey, especially for the jackets. And so he's like, well, why don't you just kind of, kind of go old school? He's like, I killed more ducks back in the day wearing flannel than you guys will kill wearing camo in your whole life. Mm-hmm. And so we were just, me and two of my buddies were like, well, hey, like, why not give it a shot? So we we started doing it, and up here it's up here it's catching on, and everyone's kind of seeing that you don't need, like, these these crazy camo patterns and, the like, the super expensive uh, jackets to kill ducks. So tell me about your flannel, because I'm a flannel guy. What, uh, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be heavy? So have- what do we got? Tell us about we're it. We're going to do three weights of flannel. So we're going to have a four ounce, a six ounce, and an eight ounce. Um, eight ounce flannels are pretty, they're pretty warm. Um, so they're going to, and they're all going to be um, the same kind of colors. They'll be um, brown and green, brown and black. Um, it's kind of that standard one. We are going to do the um, good old standard red and black flannel. Mm-hmm. That just, the, the old school, old school flannel just, because we can, but um, we're going to do those three weights. So early season up here, it could be 80 degrees. So we're, we're doing lighter weight ones. So when it's really hot, you can wear the lighter stuff. And then progressively as it gets colder, you can go deeper into the flannels. Or we're also going to offer sweatshirts that are water resistant. And so you could wear, like, if it's raining or something, you could put on the sweatshirts. And the sweatshirts weights are going to be 10 and 12 ounces. So... You could go up heavy. Um, as you go, there'll be layers, and you could change it up and mix it up a little bit, depending on what your weather's going to be like. Yeah. Now, what? Uh, how? I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question. Has any of this stuff been torture tested? Yeah. I, so last year we got a. I, I got a jacket last year. I wore it for the whole year just to see how it does. Um, any of our shirts we get, I wear them um, out. We rough it up. We go out in the desert and scratch it up against sagebrush and make sure it's not going to, like, just completely shred when, because duck hunters are, are rough on their stuff usually. Yeah. So all of the stuff we buy and we're making is going to is gonna be tested before anybody will even have the opportunity to buy it. Right. I don't, we don't want to put stuff out there that, is going to last one or two hunts or one season or two seasons. It's going to be, it's going to last lots of lifetime as long as you don't catch it on a fence or yeah, something, cut it with a knife. something silly like that. Torture that, tested. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, and, you know, just like you said, you know, a good quality item you should buy once and then that should really be it. Yeah. And like that's the, the thing with the um, waterfowl industry that really gets me is like, like um, two years ago, I think Max Four came out, and now I think they just released Max Five. Yeah. And so you're gonna have those people that are like, "Well, I'm gonna get some new waders." Mm-hmm. And they come in Max Five. Yep. Well, you're gonna if you then you're gonna want the jacket that's in Max Five. <laughs> well, there's no reason to buy the jacket. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're right. So that that's another good thing about when when you do make the switch to like solids and flannels. Doesn't matter what new camouflage they come out with, because. But but you're right. You know, you want all your shit to match. Yeah. Uh, so, like, um, so now, like, like for me, it's just it's it's the bibs and then whatever top I want to wear changes every day. I see yep. that. And 
we're doing a, I know right now we're working on a couple of t-shirt lines that are going to come out, um, that we're kind of gearing for like dove hunting. They're really lightweight, but they're long sleeves. So you don't get those crazy sunburns. Right. But we're testing them right now because it's, it's a hundred degrees here. So if I can stay cool and walk around and hunt and be comfortable, that's something that I'm, I'm like, we're willing to put our, our logo on and on our stamp and say, Hey, it's, it's good enough for us up here. It's good enough for everybody else. Cause like dove season last year up here was a hundred, it was 101 degrees last year. It is smoking. Sm- well, I say, I mean, it's going to be the same here, but yeah, it's hot. When does it finally start to cool off? Cause usually about mid September here, we get a little bit of a break. Um, up here, um, late September um, and October, usually it starts to cool off. But the weather patterns up here have changed so much in the last um, couple of years where we're having snow late and there's still snow up on the mountains. I could, I could go up there and I was up looking for mountain lions the other day and there was some snow drifts that were probably five or six feet deep still in some areas. And so and that's it just, the weather patterns are changing. The snow up on the mountains is, is uh, this time of year is uncommon from what you grew up with? Um, Yeah, usually, like, when I was little, I, there was a couple of years that the snow was still up there. But the last couple of years, we've gotten um, high, like, a lot of snow and, like, record of amount of snow. Yeah. And so it's just, it's it's staying up there and it's not getting as hot as, as quick as it used to. I think last year we had a day in May that was 100 degrees. Wow. We didn't hit 100 degrees till last week. Yeah. And so, like, everything's kind of changing. It's the way it's been here. We've had, usually, we have a hot May. We had a wet May in June and even July until just recently. And it's not hot. I mean, hell, it's 100 degrees. It, that's not hot for us. 110's hot. But yeah. it is when you ain't had no damn hot weather all year. Yeah. Well, man, it, yeah. uh, so when are you thinking that uh, your clothing line is going to launch to the public? So right now we got some hats out um, that were that we did with our waterfowl logo on it, um, and then the t-shirt should be released um, probably near the end of next month. I just got to get a couple of more things tested, and the t-shirts are going to be made in America. We're just looking at the blend on the kind of the blend for softness versus rigid, um, like how they're going to hold up mm-hmm. um, because. And you get like the all cotton shirts are too hot, and so we're looking for something that kind of will help you stay cool, but it's lightweight and comfortable, and has long enough sleeves where you don't look like you don't look like a gay guy walking down the street. <laughs> and what, so, what or, about your uh, waterfowl stuff, your flannels, and all that good stuff? The waterfowl stuff we're hoping to release um, mid October, kind of right as waterfowl season is gearing up, and we'll be able to get it out to everybody. Um, it's, we're just we're working on we're working on it, but I can't test um, like the sweatshirts are just too hot right now to <laughs> really put them back to their paces before I say yeah they're good to go. Right. Um, but we do do um, one of our waterfall hats. We run in the old military army camo. Um, we did that one just because some people that don't like like I hunt in, like sometimes I hunt in a gray hat, right. and I've killed a lot of ducks in a gray hat. It's just how how I hide. Um, if I'm going to be out in the open a little bit more, I wear my um, my army green hat. It works it works really well, but it all kind of just depends um, on what I got going on around here and the weather, so I can test stuff. Right. Well, it sounds like uh, sounds like you're on top of your game, and everything's coming out this year. So it should be an exciting year for you there in 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 Nevada. Wish nothing it, but it, the best. 
Yeah, it will be hopefully a good season. Um, I know there's a lot of, I went out and I was kind of looking from the mountains down and there was a lot of ducks flying around the lakes up here. I'm just hoping they kind of stay through this, this hot spell we're having and don't ship on out. So you think that the ducks you have right now will be the ones that you start shooting whenever um, season Usually opens? they'll kind of stay in the, in the wildlife refuges. They'll kind of stay um, oh. as, long as, the, as long as the stuff's not too crazy. If we start getting up into like the hundreds, yeah, they'll they'll ship out. But the ducks that we do have here, um, will kind of hang out and they'll deal with the heat for as long as they can. If it gets too hot, then you'll see them leave, and you'll even see some of like the local geese leave. Um, but I've seen geese here when it's 110, just chilling on the water. They stay. They usually don't go onto the shore very much, but it's one of those. It's one of those things they they get they they find their spots and they kind of just hang out there and. So as long as the weather holds, as, the, as long as the weather's right, they'll stay. Nice. So one more time, where do you have a website? Where can people go and uh, scope out your gear? So um, we have a website. It's uh, finest uh, finesthunting dot com, um, and then we also have a Facebook, um, which is um, you can find us at Finest Hunting. We also have an Instagram, Finest Hunting as well. Um, and so um, we'll slowly be releasing some stuff. We have a we're going to do a limited edition hat. Um, in or in November, and um, we're gonna do. It's gonna have a America, the logo will be done in uh, red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have that one coming out um, in November for just a limited edition run of that. So keep your eyes peeled for that one, and we'll get you guys some sent down there for you guys. So you guys could have some fun with them. Nice. We're looking forward to it. We really are. Well, we appreciate it, John, very much. We appreciate you being on. Wish you the best. Uh, keep us updated on what's going on with the clothing line. Will do. Hey, and try to stay cool for the next 30 to 45 days. Thank you. All you right, too. bud. You be good, and uh, right. good luck with uh, with your launch and everything. We're rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Uh-huh. Bye. God bless you, bud. Mm-hmm. New clothing company coming out. Going T- old school. Going old school. Filson's made millions of dollars doing it. They have. They make good stuff. They do. And that's we need more of that stuff out there. And that's gonna be the trend. It comes back, everything that's old comes back. Hell I even look it. at the even look at the vehicles, you know, blazers and Chevys and Fords are wanting to go back to the old square styles. You know, because just like he said, there's nothing worse than a new camo pattern coming out and you needing okay, so let's say you need a new set of bibs and you can only get them in this new camo pattern. Well fuck me. You, you're going to have a jacket and a set of bibs that don't match? Because yeah. I know Andy Shaver's not. What what looks classier? The old pictures with the guys wearing oh, the plaid yeah. and the brown or some guy walking around in Max Ford? You look like a fucking hero. That's right. Wearing the flannels and the solid colors. All right. Plus, it looks like you know what you're doing, too. Yes. Because you're like, you know, I don't need all that shit. I'm wearing a fucking red and black flannel. Look what I did. That's going to be my mission this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill a fucking limit, wearing red and black, red and black flannel. It's gonna happen. I think Dad gave you red and black, didn't he? No, but it's gonna happen uh, this year. I thought you had red and black. I don't. Okay, let's get off here. I'll tell your mom to buy you one for Christmas, and uh, I mean for your birthday. Are you gonna make it over there? Fuck, I'm hurting, Mandy. Tore my shoulder Jeff, up. Jeff got Jeff. a bag of ice on me. I so mean, that crinkling sound that you've heard through this whole episode, that yeah, that sound. Poor Jefferson has some ice on his. You don't even have it on your shoulder. You it's, got it on it's your on titty. My chest is where it hurts. God. I think I pulled that muscle in there. I know it did. God bless us. I fall off of a ladder. Oh, God. Here we go. Roll it in jujitsu last night, then get it stepped on by my instructor. Knee, actually, his knee fell on it. 
What's that got to do with I my foot? I felt like I was going to throw up. What's that got to do with my chest? Do you hear me bitching about my foot? You did the for three days. Only once on the I'm podcast. I'm going to tell you right now. Only once on the podcast. I've tore both Achilles, and those injuries were not as uncomfortable as the ch- as shoulder is. You had your shoulder operated on. You know how mm-hmm. uncomfortable it is. You can't get. I played a, I played a year and a half. You were 16 fucking years old. There's a big difference. Matter. Yeah, there is, too. I do think that yeah. you're. I do think that. You're, listen, I'm going to back you up here. Your tolerance for pain drops substantially when you're fucking after about 30. But you get to be 50. Because this foot fucking still hurts <laughs> and like i hobble around and i'm like i don't i just i just don't think that this would have really plagued me like it has at 16 or 17 years old but it fucking hurts right now well my problem is i got in the swimming pool and your mom wanted to have circus sex and that killed me right there. <laughs> oh boy getting in the pool just kills me and that's i'd stay out of the pool i did but i, I was you know you can't feel nothing in there and and i was stretching and doing all that shit and the next thing i know oh my god i'm hurting like hell today it all started throwing your son Little fat ass don't weigh forty pounds, mm. but just twisted funny. It's been it's been eight days now. This is fucking miserable. Well, we're all rooting for you, Jeff. Well, I sure appreciate it because I got to go to Boston in ten days. It's and gonna it, be a long flight. I told mom I'm, we may not, I may not be going if I'm not better. What the fuck you gonna do? Four, Send five. her. She can get one of her friends to go with her. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to be a miserable up there. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Seven guy. days at home with nobody bitching at me. Poor guy. Or go oh, on a trip and be miserable. She'd bitch at you. She ain't going to be there, though. You don't think... What the fuck? You think we just have fucking telegrams now? Well, no. I just want to answer the phone. She's going to bitch. Mm. You don't know. They trick you. Yeah, they ain't going to trick me. All right. God bless y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Um, have a good day.